It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What do you think of this one, Hugh? To be honest, they all sound the same. I mean, they all nah, have nuance. like the same. <laughs> is that what it is? It's I'm, like, I'm not gonna lie. That like little do 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 do. You can put that in same. every like, one. In yep. all their songs. But like a great but wine you know, or beer, you can you can tell the difference if no, you really know it. But you I enjoy it. I can see Elliot pop locking and dropping to this. Like, oh yeah. And trying to do the electric slide and all that. So InSync is compared to a fine wine. Or the moonwalk or whatever. <laughs> the well, new just, if, you, if you can really appreciate it, yeah, you can tell the differences. All right, joining like us now, as you could have guessed, our next guest, of course, Kyle, will be Elliot Shore Parks. Yup, and Elliot Shore Parks is sponsored by Bet Parks. Open the Bet Parks app. New users win your first $10 bet and get $125 in bonus bets. Must be 21 in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Ohio, or Maryland. Gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER. Elliot, how are we doing today? What up? How you guys doing? We're good. We're good. So what do you fall on this, like as far as these quarterbacks concerned, what do you fall at on, on Jalen Hurts and, and if he's being overrated or not? You know, it's interesting because I think like in some ways, I think the, the better word to use or maybe it would be like we overreacted. Like, I, like last year after 2022 when they were in the Super Bowl, I remember vividly being on Radio Row in Arizona on a radio station in Kansas City saying that the perfect quarterback looks more like Hurts than, you know, plays more like Hurts than Mahomes, right? So I was fully on the Jalen Hurts, you know, hype bandwagon the one year thing. Like, but I think that now if you look at his three-year career, he is probably not a top three quarterback. Like that's not where I would put him right now. He's probably much closer to 10 or, or nine around there. And what's funny is obviously this is coming off the Chris Sims comment, like Chris Sims had him ranked seventh heading into last year. So, you know, Chris Sims probably kind of nailed it in terms of where where Jalen was. At the time, we all felt it was disrespectful and that it was too low. But that's probably where he's, you know, going to be ranked on most lists, if not lower. So, um, you know, I don't think what he was last year defines him, but I also don't think what he did in 2022 defines him either. I think it's probably somewhere in the middle. Elliot, how close are we to 2022 being the outlier? You think about it. So he said three years as a starter in the NFL. He was – Decent his first year in 2021. 
this past year was up and down, but obviously not great. Then he had one you know, the great year in 2022. And you look at his college career, you know, he was probably a decent thrower on a high-level team, and he had one really good year at Oklahoma. It, are we going to look back at 2022 as an outlier? Is 2024 going to – like, I'm trying to figure out when are we going to know what Jalen Hurts is because right now it's like he's an average of all these things we've seen. I think next year. I think next year will tell us exactly what Jalen is. He has new coordinators, uh, you know, which people viewed as the problem last year. It will be his fourth year as a starter, fifth year in the NFL. And it's just funny, looking back at his what would be his rookie year as a full-time starter, like that was a successful year. Like I remember Carson's uh, in 2016. His numbers were not great. The team didn't make the playoff. But everybody watched him that year and said, okay, there is major potential here. What's interesting with Jalen is his rookie year was better than, than Carson's was. They won more games. His numbers were around the same, but I thought he played better overall than Carson did. And there was still skepticism about Jalen coming off of that year. So I think if you look at the totality of what he's been, even if you include those games he started in 2020 towards the end, like he showed flashes of what he could be, but he had turnover problems that season as well, just like he did last year. So next year is kind of the year. Like if he can't bounce back and be more of a top five guy, top four guy, then I think that's probably just, just what he is at this point, which is going to be 10, 11, you know, make some special plays, probably not super consistent. And then the question is, you know, is he worth the, the contract they gave him? Do you look at Jalen, I mean, from the, the what you've seen in training camps and everything else, and does it look to you like he has trouble reading defenses? So, I mean, it would be tough for me to say, honestly, just, just because, like, I'm not back there in the pocket. I did not play quarterback. So, like, I don't want – you know, I, I, I'm hesitant to say it. But, but I will say, like, if you look at how defenses treat him, they blitz him like crazy, right? Like, they, they come after him. And I think that's because – they feel confident that he is not good at seeing where the blitz is coming from or the team as a whole, right? I think with the blitz pickup last year, I think Jalen was the biggest part of it, but the offensive line wasn't great against the blitz. Um, the, you know, I think the coaching staff ultimately probably could have done more to help. So I think you know, through the time on Jalen's career, we're talking about totality here, it does seem like opposing defenses don't feel Jalen is great at pre-snap recognition. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Elliot, uh, a story yesterday or a report yesterday, whatever you want to call it, or uh, uh, however you want to frame what Craig Carton said on TV, what he heard, right? Speculation on TV on FS1 about the Eagles and kind of alluding to something big that happened last season. Elliot, when you think about all that we've heard, all that we've talked about, do you think the Eagles have a culture problem that they have to fix this offseason? So I think the Eagles' biggest problem is that they did not get good play, good get good play from their best players last year. I think on defense, that's mostly the case. I think on offense, that's mostly the case. Like AJ and Devontae certainly had great years in their, in their own respect. But I think the biggest problem where the issues start with the Eagles is that they just didn't play well enough and their season collapsed. Like I, if they would have made the conference championship or the Super Bowl with the things that, you know, if, if what Craig Carton is saying is true, like, yes, those things would have still happened. And even when they were 10 and one, you know, you heard things about like maybe the locker room wasn't great. But ultimately, like winning is the best deodorant. And I just refuse to believe that the people, because it's basically the same guys, 
the people that were in that locker room in 2022 completely changed for 2023. Like maybe did they not handle pressure well? Maybe they weren't as great in 2022 as we thought. Yes, I think that's true. But I, but I ultimately feel that the reason the season seems so bad from a culture perspective is because they lost a lot more than they did in 2022. Elliot, the other thing that uh, Craig threw in there is he wouldn't be surprised if a big name, high-profile star player is not on this team. And, you know, everyone kind of has the name pride they think of when they hear that. But let me ask you this way. Do you think the Eagles should shake things up this offseason? You know, should not, not Jalen Hurts. He's the quarterback and he's still young. But just in general, should they try to run this thing back and fix around the edges? Or do you think this team is in need of a shake-up? So when I heard that question made me think of is if you remember back in, I think it was 2018 or 19, they moved on from Malcolm Jenkins Mm -hmm. and there was a lot of reasons. He was older. Like they didn't want to pay him what he was worth. There were, there were tons of things. And I'm not saying Malcolm didn't get along with Carson because that wasn't the case. But part of the reason I think they moved on from Malcolm was so that it could be Carson's locker room, right? So Carson could become like the real leader of that locker room because Malcolm was such a great leader and people followed him. So to that question, like, do they need to shake things up off of the Craig Carton thing or maybe Jalen, you know, whatever. I don't think you can make decisions on the field in a major way based off of locker room dynamics. Like, the, I, I think it matters. Like, the team, the team has to get along and the players have to get along. But ultimately, if there is a player on your team that is really good but maybe doesn't get along with someone else, you can't move on from that player because of that. So I don't think they have to shake things up. I don't think they need a major overhaul. They need their quarterback to play better. Like, that's really what it comes down to. If Jalen cuts his turnovers in half next year, we're probably not hearing about all these things. But last year, he turned the ball over a ton. It impacted the offense. The defense was terrible. And now everyone hates each other, right? So I don't think they need a major shakeup. I think they just need to play better. Elliot Shore Parks joining us here. All right, Elliot, tomorrow night, the NBA revs back up. The Sixers are back. Elliot, what's your expectation for the final month and a half of the regular season? Uh, we know we don't know when Embiid's coming back. You know, optimism that he'll be back for the end of the regular season. But they have Buddy Heald now. Uh, what do you think? Month and a half to go. What's your uh, what's your expectation for how they finish this season? You know, in some ways, I have no expectations, which is kind of refreshing because these last few years, I've been on an island saying the team can win it all. They're you know they're built to win all those things, and they haven't done it. When I look at the team right now. I think there's a real argument to be made that if they get MVP Joel, like if he comes back for the final six, seven games, they get a healthy MVP type Joel in the playoffs. They're just as good as anybody else in the East. I think they have a good set of role players around Joel. I think Maxi will need to step up in the playoffs, but ultimately they have the talent. The issue is I have no idea what's going to happen with Joel. You could tell me he's going to come back and be great, or you could tell me he doesn't play again this year. And I think the percentages are roughly the same. So going into the second or you know final stretch of the Sixers season, I don't really have a ton of expectations because we have no idea what the team is going to look like. Elliot, we'll end with this. What was your reaction to all the reaction to the NBA All-Star game? I heard you with, uh, with Jack and, <laughs> and Ike yesterday in the afternoon. Because yeah. that you know, for a day or so, as everyone collected themselves after a longer weekend, it was everywhere. How bad the NBA All-Star game is, how bad the NBA product is. I heard your camera this morning, and I agree with some of what he said about the NBA. It's not what it used to be, and it's changed over the years. What, what's your, we know you're a big NBA guy. What's your reaction to all the backlash the league is getting right now? 
Yeah, everybody needs to relax and let people have fun. This is not a competitive game. This is not a go prove you're the best player game. It's a fun weekend. It's a fun game. It's meant to highlight the best players in the league. Like I heard a lot of people saying, well, they scored over 200 points. Great. That's because they have talented players playing in the game that can make shots from the logo, that can take so many threes. The reason these all-star games were more competitive back in the day is because these teams couldn't score as much, right? So, like, they weren't able to shoot all these threes. So, to me, like, look, I love watching the NBA. I love competitive games. In the years where the all-star game is close, like, you know, four points in the final two minutes, yeah, that's awesome because it happens organically. But all these things about, you know, trying to make it so it's competitive, the nature of the event is not a competitive event. It's a fun weekend. These guys get there on Thursday. They do a bunch of things. Like, everyone relax and let these players have fun at a fun event when the rest of the year they play plenty of competitive basketball. Elliot, always appreciate hopping on. We will talk soon, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of Eagles drama as the offseason unfolds. Thank always you, Elliot. Drama. Yep, sounds good. Talk to you soon. There he goes. Elliot Shore Parks there with his take on the NBA. All right, speaking of the NBA, Doc Rivers, I mean, I've never seen a tenure like this. He's been with the Bucs, what, three weeks? We've got to let you hear in a few minutes what he said as the Bucs have struggled in his first few weeks there. Nobody, and I mean nobody, blames people like Doc Rivers. One thing quickly on the NBA, because Elliot brought it up there. Hugh, the All-Star game, I know you didn't even pay, you know, watch or care <laughs> I to do it. one minute. I, I watched a few minutes. I watched. I did see the court, though. The court looked cool. Yeah, I, so here's where I'm at on this whole thing. And I know it was a big reaction Monday. We, you know, we were off Monday. But I just am less interested in the NBA than I used to be. I think it's like 10 different reasons all, can, you know, together. It's a lot going on. I, I mean, just, it's, it's, and it, the all, to me, the All-Star game is not fun because most of the people that are playing in it outside of the actual game and the three-point competition is like you don't know who they are. Yeah, and I think the players don't care. I, I think the, the NBA has a problem where they want me to care and they don't care. I think that's the biggest NBA problem I noticed right now. The, the regular season, a lot of games, you, you see they, teams go through the motions. They don't care. They lost Christmas to the NFL. They don't care anymore. There's like when am I when am I supposed to get other than the Sixers? Like following the Sixers, why am I supposed to care about the NBA regular season? They let twenty teams in the playoffs now. The stars of the league, I don't think, are as compelling. The young stars, like in the NFL, the young star quarterbacks, you are compelling. They're interesting. I mean, I, I don't care about Shea Gilligas Alexander. I mean, maybe this is because college basketball isn't as popular. So I don't know who these guys are when mm-hmm. they get in the league. I, I just I, then, I used to love watching the day to day of the NBA, the All Star Weekend. I I just don't care as much as I used to. I think part of the reason why the NFL is so popular is because there are new stars made every year, and it gives fans a chance to 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 get a new jersey and, and just follow the new player. I think when you talk about the NBA, like for the last uh, two decades, it's been what LeBron and, and everybody else. Yeah. You know Steph, what I mean? I put Steph near him. Well, yeah, yeah. well, well, 